don't look now, but it's already week four of the NFL season. Welcome to another edition of It's a Football Podcast, brought to you by USA Today Sports. I'm Safa Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. We are your NFL insiders with USA Today. Tyler, big week that just passed us, man. The Dolphins put up 70 points. The Broncos and Cowboys looked very disappointing. And uh, I can't believe the Jets are still rolling out Zach Wilson. But <laughs> let's begin with that Monday night slate, man. Two games. Eagles obviously beat the Bucks, and the Bengals beat the Rams. I really wanted to talk about that Super Bowl rematch um, that was a little bit lackluster for most of that game, man. <clears throat> it was tough to watch. The Eagles-Bucks game was obviously a better game for sure with uh, Jalen Hurts and company, uh, you know, making amends with uh, A.J. Brown for sure and feeding him the football and getting a win in Tampa. But this Cincy Bengals game was was really a little bit eye-opening for me, Tyler. Um, mm. You know, uh, I, I, it was nice to see Joe Burrow not get hurt again. We've seen so many Monday night football games in Cincinnati. Obviously, DeMar Hamlin's situation comes up. And then when I think about Aaron Rodgers and his situation earlier this year on Monday Night Football and then Nick Chubb last week, too, I was like, man, Joe Burrow is not looking like it's going to be something good here because he was dealing with the calf injury. And, um, you know, the calf is attached to the Achilles. Knock on wood, knock on wood. I'll knock a couple times as well, too. Um, but, Tyler, Joe Burrow and the Bengals got their first one in the season after an 0-2 start. Uh, it was not pretty, but they figured it out in the second quarter, second half. Excuse me. It felt like Joe Burrow got a lot more comfortable as the game went on. Um, some of the throws he was making and missing were, uh, you know, just kind of off. You could tell he was missing practice time. And on top of that, missed a bunch of training camp. So I want to ask this to you, Tyler Dragon. Is Cincy back or is there still plenty to worry about for the Bengals? I'm still a little bit concerned because we do not know how long Joe Burrow's calf injury is going to linger. And typically when you're playing football and you're out there playing, you don't really get healthier as the season goes on, especially when you're getting tackled and sacked a couple of times by Aaron Donald, not to mention hit a lot more. And mm -hmm. there were some times where I was, you know, concerned about if Joe Burrow was going to get up after some of those hits. And he did end up limping uh, after a couple plays. But credit to Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. You can tell that their offensive game plan was designed to protect Joe Burrow. They had a lot of short, quick passes, quick dropbacks, and they executed it well, especially in the second half when they got Jamar Chase heavily involved in the game plan. And I expect that to continue going forward in Tennessee this coming up week four. And so I did like how that game plan was designed, but I really have to give credit to the Bengals defense. They really won that game. The Rams were, I believe, one in 11 on third down. They uh, had were terrible in the red zone. And Lou Anarumo, I got to shout him out again, the Bengals defensive coordinator. I mean, they got after Matthew Stafford. I believe he was sacked six times. The defensive performance by the Bengals really won them that football game. And if that defense could continue to perform like that and play complementary football and helping out the offense, especially when their quarterback is less than 100%, the Bengals have a good chance to – uh, beat the Titans and continue to uh, get out of that this early season hole. Now, it is concerning, though, when they play a team with a high-powered offense. Can they keep up with those teams, especially if Joe Burrow's continuing to uh, be hampered by that calf? But it is, it was like a season-saving win uh, last night against um, the Los Angeles Rams. A season-saving win. Season-saving win, yes. We can talk. We can debate that. I think the Chargers probably had a season-saving win way more than the Bengals did. Or maybe they, they did both too. did. They both did. I really liked how they moved Jamar Chase around all over the field, man. Uh, 12 catches, I believe 141 yards, if I'm not mistaken. I just had it pulled up here. Um, but Jamar Chase was all over the field yesterday, and poor T. Higgins couldn't catch anything that came his way. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know that. He was on my fantasy team. 
uh, T. Higgins was. But Jamar Chase, 15 targets, um, and he's moving all over. He's not just running downfield where that is his best asset, his, his best attribute, excuse me. Um, he's in the slot. He's outside. He's in the backfield. You know, he's you're, you're, you're getting him on screens and checkdowns too. It's good that the Bengals are flexing out Jamar Chase this way and having a little bit more of a dynamic nature to their offense. Um, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that's kind of maybe missing for Cincinnati in, in that first half against the Rams last night, <clears throat> excuse me, Monday night. But um, the the offensive creativity has to come from somewhere because this is a team that's been together for so many years already. I think people kind of already know Zach Taylor's MO on offense. Um, and when you have that defense playing as well as it does, um, you know, obviously you're going to need to pick up the load a little bit more on offense, um, you know, to score and obviously to edge out your opponents. Um, so I'm looking forward to see just Joe Burrow getting a lot more comfortable. Uh, we'll see how much more practice time he can get, but Joe Burrow needs all the work he can get after missing all the training camp with this injury. And then seemingly it hurt him the first couple of weeks of the season. It feels like we're far away, away from, that explosive Bengals offense that we saw from them, you know, in the past two years or so. But I think the portfolio and the body of work, you know, it's there, you know what they're capable of, um, but you don't know. In any given game, obviously they barely got this one past the Rams, but um, excuse me, there was a little bit more convincing in the fourth quarter for them, but you know, some other teams are not going to be a slouch or, or, or mm-hmm. they're going to be a lot more competitive and, you're going to be looking at Joe Burrow to be like, all right, man, where's the $55 million guy? And, you know, if he's not it and and not at that point, the Bengals could be in trouble this year. They're already playing from behind. They're already behind in their own division. Um, And then you have to look up where they stack in the AFC, you know, come season's end here. But I think the Bengals will still have the potential to be scary. It's just right now they're not scaring. They're not scaring me right now. That's for sure. Well, the good thing, for the Bengals is their next two games against the Tennessee Titans. They that's going to be a difficult one, but I think that they could be uh, beat the Titans. And then they play the Arizona Cardinals. Now shout out to Arizona for getting that win against the Dallas Cowboys, but they'll be there. And then later in October, they played the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Now that that's the game is dicey. It's at home, but Joe Burrow's cab better get healthy before they play the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. <laughs> Very much so. That if his cap is not healthy, I will consider sitting him in that game because Nick Bosa and those boys are going to get after Joe Burrow. And that is not a slouch. I mean, they would probably lose that game with a healthy Joe Burrow. So his cap needs to get healthy in a hurry because at the end of October, they have a, a huge game. Yeah, the week after that, they play Buffalo at home too. Um, I'm I'm concerned about all these games you just mentioned, Tyler. Five straight games at Tennessee, at Arizona, home against Seattle, at San Fran, home against Buffalo on Sunday Night Football, as if we needed another Bengals-Bills primetime game, right? <laughs> um, I'm concerned about all those games, man. I don't, you know, the Bengals they could lose as many of those games as they could win. I don't They're like. They're not going to lose to the Cardinals. The Cowboys did. Stop it. <laughs> Look, I'll be uh, the the Cardinals are a team that we all should underestimate. Yes, but the Cowboys way underestimated them, right? Okay. And it's very possible that other teams could do that too. And what have you seen from the Bengals the first two weeks that made you comfortable? Like, like, like they can really just boat race the Cardinals. Like, I, I, I still want to see a little bit more. I, I, I need to see more. Last night was a bad game. It was just defensive struggle. It kind of leads me to the next point we wanted to bring up here on the podcast is, you know, what about the Rams falling to one and two this year? Uh, you know, they obviously had a big week one win against the Seahawks, went toe-to-toe against the 49ers, but have always found a way to lose to them. And then in this in this Bengals game, uh, you know, they went down, what was it, 19 to uh, – what was the score in the fourth quarter there before it went – I believe it was 19-6 or 19-9 before they yeah, scored that touchdown. Yeah, and even at that point, you were just like the Rams were completely out of it offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Matt Stafford obviously does not have Cooper Cup, and it wasn't like a big Puka Nukua game or a Kuzu Atwell game, although Atwell had the, the touchdown at the end. But I'm concerned about the Rams, man. I don't know if they have enough for another playoff push here, Tyler. 
Um, we'll see when Cooper Cups come comes back, but they got the Colts, Eagles, the Cardinals, and the Steelers coming up. Those are four games. We just saw the Colts beat the Ravens. The Eagles are the Eagles. The Cardinals can show up and, and, and try to beat anybody. And the Steelers are not a tough out either. Um, I'm really concerned about the Rams, man. I don't know what you're concerned about because nothing was expected of the Rams this year. They're not a very good football team. They did <laughs> surprise some people by winning that first game against the yes, Seahawks. But the Rams aren't expected to be contenders. They're not expected to win the NFC uh, West. That's mm-hmm. uh, the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. Those are the two favorites. And without Cooper Cup, this Rams offense struggled against the Bengals. Uh, shout out to Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell. They have exceeded expectations the first two weeks. But yesterday, m- Monday night, was uh, a dose of reality again because they sorely missed Cooper Cup. The Rams might win that game against the Bengals if they had Cooper Cup. We already know the Bengals struggle covering him when they had even Jesse Bates and Von Bell on their <laughs> defensive backfield. So we know Cooper Cup is a problem for almost every team in the NFL and could solve uh, the Rams' red zone woes. But come on. I mean, I kind of feel sorry for Aaron Donald. It was just, Aaron Donald, please make a play. Please save us or <laughs> or nothing. And he, he tried. I mean, Aaron Donald was the best player <clears throat> On the field, even though he's playing defensive tackle, he, I mean, he was popped multiple times in that game. But they just need a whole lot more uh, than Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford mm-hmm. on offense. Uh, they desperately miss Cooper Cup. When he comes back, he'll make a little bit of a difference. But I'm not concerned about the Rams because they weren't going to make the playoffs this year anyway. You know, I bring I, I brought them up because I just I just feel like the NFC is obviously. It doesn't stack up where the AFC stacks up. Um, but when you look past the Eagles, you look past the 49ers, and you look behind, you know, the Cowboys, right? Like, you got the Packers and Lions at 2-1 right now. They're, they're going to fight it out for their division. The NFC South is kind of like a mess. Those teams are sneaky good, or they're not bad enough yet. Like, we haven't seen them really go toe-to-toe against all of each other, except, you know, after last week um, when some of those teams did. But the Seahawks are good. The Rams have a chance. I mean, you, you, you're completely writing off the Rams altogether. You don't think they can sneak in as a seven or a six seed, uh, you know, come, come season's end, man? I mean, if they sneak in, they'll have a, a hello and goodbye in the playoffs. It'll be a very quick <laughs> exit. <laughs> they'll play four quarters of postseason football, and then they'll be out. I mean, come on, man. The, Ram, the Rams, nothing is expected of them this year. They're what, what a Leslie called a retooling, which is another word for a rebuild. They're rebuilding. Yep. And they need to rebuild in a hurry while Aaron Donald is still in his prime. All right, guys, enough for talking about these trash teams that we were talking about in the first couple minutes of the podcast. Trash teams. Whoa. Let's get down. Let's get down to business, Tyler. The Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins put up 70 points, Tyler. 70 points in their 50-point win over the Denver Broncos last week. Dolphins are 3-0. Bills are 2-1. We've got a big game in Buffalo this week. Uh, AFC East is going to be on the line pretty much. Um, but Tyler, I have to ask you after this 70 point output by Miami, are you a believer? Do you believe in the Dolphins? What do you, what do you think about how Miami has started this season? So out of us, you are the resident Dolphins fan in this, uh, podcast. I will have to say this. I give the Dolphins credit. Scoring 70 points, the most points in a football game since 1966, that is unprecedented. And props, credit to the Dolphins. That was a dynamic, explosive offensive performance. They're number one, obviously, in the league in total offense and points per game, especially after that beatdown. But I really have to talk about the Denver Broncos. That that was a pathetic, atrocious terrible performance that they put on the field. And it's it's like they're giving up on Sean Payton and they're giving up on Russell Wilson. That's what it looked like. Anytime you allow your opponent to score 70 points, I mean, I can't even say anytime. It doesn't even happen. 1966, we weren't even more. We weren't even thought of you were. <laughs> in 1966 you were 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, that, that just, they should be completely embarrassed. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall during that film session when Sean Payton was breaking down that 70 point uh, to 20 beat down that just got handed to them. It, mm-hmm. Like there are some changes that need to be taking place in Denver. Now, moving on to the sad part, though. Hold on, hold on. The sad no, part is ahead. about the, the sad part is about Denver is the changes were already made, Tyler. They already made the changes. This is what happened, right? I was in the locker room. I was in the Broncos locker room after that game. Mm-hmm. Um, man, you could hear a pin drop, dude. You could hear <laughs> a pin drop. Those guys were just beating down. It was hot. You know, the Dolphin Stadium, that opposing sideline is in the sun the whole game. Um, they just got whooped by 50. Think anybody was happy to say anything, man? Poor left guard Garrett Bowles had the the viral interview after the game from his locker saying he felt like straight beep after the game. Um, you can fill in the word there. Um, tired of losing, man. The Broncos teams is tired of losing. And the fact of the matter is this is a rebuild. They're not going to be a playoff team like Sean Payton hoped uh, they were going <laughs> to be this year. Um, you know, Sean Payton talked a lot, man. Sean Payton likes to talk. He talks a lot. Spoke a lot to our our good friend Jared Bell and started the season by flaming Nathaniel Hackett in a way we've not seen coaches speak about each other. Um, We've seen Sean Payton talk about Russell Wilson and needing to get the play call in and not kissing babies, things like this. Those are not things that are going to help the other 52 guys on the roster become more enamored with their coach and want to play for that coach, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's things that go on, Tyler, where, you know, the players will play for each other because they're out there, they're rubbing shoulders, they're practicing and grinding each and every day. But when you don't want to play for your coach, all it takes is one domino to fall, then the others will fall, and then you're looking at a 50-point loss. It's probably a long flight home that Denver had last week, um, and the film study was not going to be any great either. The sad part is about this game is that the Dolphins boat raced them. But the, the Broncos scored a touchdown on their second possession. They had two touchdowns called back because of penalties. And they had two fumbles in that game. And at the end of it, you know, really all those things didn't matter because the Dolphins just ran it up so much on them. There was no catching up, right? But uh, mm-hmm. to go up 35 in the first half and 70 in the game, um, is, it, it's an unpre- unprecedented performance, like you said. Things like this don't happen in the NFL routinely and uh Sean Payne and, and Russell Wilson all those guys they have to really look in the mirror after this one and really think about where they're going and what what's going to come of their season I'll give a hot take that maybe not be as hot later on in the season I think this is Russell Wilson's last year in Denver I mm. I, I just the way he is playing the way that his teammates uh respond to him and he's not Sean Payton's type of quarterback. I, I look at what Sean Payton is accustomed to, a Drew Brees type quarterback who is. Well, it's only like it's only Drew Brees. It's only Drew Brees. That's all he's well, accustomed yeah, but, to. But, but, <laughs> he, but, he, but even then, Drew Brees was a machine in the pocket, and he was very measured. He didn't really extend plays with his legs. Russell Wilson is a quarterback that likes to improvise, likes to extend plays beyond the pocket and use his legs. And he he doesn't really quarterback from like a script, if that makes sense, because he's a he likes to improvise. Mm-hmm. And Sean Payton, that, that's not the type of quarterback he is accustomed to. And when I look at just the way things are transpiring in Denver and the way that their roster is constructed, the way Sean Payton wants to coach football – it's just hard for me to see Russell Wilson lasting past this year. And then some of that is on Russell Wilson, too, because he does not look like the same quarterback as he looked like in Seattle. He's getting outperformed by Geno Smith, the guy who replaced him in Seattle. Geno Smith looks like an entirely better quarterback than Russell Wilson. And then it's just, man, it's the defense. Like, I mean, you got Patrick Sertain, who's supposed to be a shutdown cornerback. Tyreek Hill ran all over him, 
And the Dolphins didn't, you didn't even mention this, the Dolphins didn't even have Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you were out your second best or uh, explosive receiver, and you still get 70 points put on you. The, it's just a complete embarrassment, and the blame goes all around the Denver Broncos locker room. Tyler, which uh, which loss was more disappointing to you? Do you think it's the Broncos to Miami, or do you think it's the Dallas Cowboys to the Arizona Cardinals? We obviously saw the Cowboys take a loss, their first of the season, and they lost to a team that a lot of us did not expect them to lose to. Uh, trust me, I had them in a survivor pool, and I was very upset because I did not survive. Uh, <laughs> Cardinals beat them 28-16, Dak threw a court, uh, interception late in that game. Um, and a couple days before that, Trevon Diggs also became lost for the season with a torn ACL, if I have that correct there. But mm-hmm. uh, which which loss is more disappointing to you, Tyler? Is it Denver's in Miami, or is it the Cowboys' loss to the Cardinals? To me, it's not even close. I talk about the Cardinals a lot, and they've only their two losses have been one score games. They've been competitive in every single contest. So, any given Sunday, a team can rally and win. And sh- shout out to the Cardinals because Jonathan Gannon has his team playing hard, even though they lack a lot of talent across the board, especially without Kyler Murray. So, I have to give it to the Denver Broncos. They had a historic loss off it. The Cowboys lost, but it wasn't historic. (laughs) The Denver Broncos had a historic loss. We haven't seen a 70-piece since 1966 off it. So without Mm -hmm. question, it is the Denver Broncos. So let me ask you this about the Cowboys because, you know, they they look like world beaters the first two weeks. Granted, they played the Jets without Aaron Rodgers week two. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, week one was a very, very eye-opening performance. Because you go into MetLife, you win 40-0, and everybody thinks you're the cream of the crop now, right? Um, I just – Dak, old Dak, old Dak came to play against Arizona, man. There were so many possessions that were just dead that the Cowboys could not take advantage of. And when you look like a, look at a team at a, like Arizona, you're wondering, like, this, this should be an easy win for them. It should be a cupcake on the schedule for the Cowboys. Um you know, do you think they, they overlooked Arizona? Like, what, what do you think was the issue there for, for Dallas in that game? Well, one, Dallas ranks 27th in red zone offense. They rank down there with the New York Jets. Anytime you're in the same uh, mention with the New York Jets at this point with Zach Wilson, it's terrible. And they desperately miss Trayvon Diggs on defense. Um, I think they were still reeling from the loss of season ending loss of Trayvon Diggs. And then let's just be blunt. They overlooked the Cardinals. People think that they can go into Arizona, enjoy a nice night in Scottsdale, hang out a little bit, enjoy that good weather, and then uh-huh. go against the Cardinals team and just beat them down real quick and fly back home. No, the Card- the Cardinals – they're going to fight. They're going to play. They're going to be competitive, even though that they're going to lose more games than they're going to win this season. And the Dallas Cowboys, they're proof of that. Um, I, I really think, I mean, a lot of questions are surrounding Dak Prescott right now, but I just think it's bigger than that. As a, as a whole, the Cowboys were down three offensive linemen and they lack go-to plays in the red zone, which is why they rank 27th in the red zone. And then their defense, you got to come to play every single week, and they didn't come to play. So it was a very disappointing loss. I think most of it was because they just overlooked the Arizona Cardinals. And let's talk about Arizona real quick just for a second, because is this team tanking? Or, like, <laughs> did, like does anybody get the memo about that? Like, when when you when you trade away Isaiah Simmons for you know a bag of chips right, and then you get rid of another lineman, and then Colt McCoy, the starting quarterback that you had all last year, right, you send him packing too, and then you go get Josh Dobbs, who is coming in a week before the season starts. Like all those things line up to me that says, hey, oh, and also by the way, we have Houston's pick, right? We have Houston's mm-hmm. draft pick, so. You know, we have two first-round picks this year. 
all of those things line up to me and says Arizona's looking towards next season already, right? But when you go out and and you're and you're you know you're stomping over the Giants in week two pretty pretty badly before they come back and beat you, and then this game where you run over the run over the Cowboys and you you know you pick them off in the end zone and okay you're gonna win a game you're now you're one and two early on in the season. It doesn't seem to me that the message is kind of all the way through, um, you know, to kind of everybody in the franchise here. I mean, obviously the Cardinals could probably look and, and finish the season with four wins or something like that. Um, is that enough to get the number one pick? It may not be because we see how Chicago's playing. We see how Minnesota's playing. You know, we see how some other teams are kind of out there um, floundering early on this season, but I mean, if, if Arizona needs to lock up the number one pick or lock up an early top five pick, um, it's not going to be Houston's pick, that's for sure. They got to figure this out and, and, and really figure out what their season's going to be because the worst thing for the Cardinals to do is win more than four or five games. Then you're sitting at like six, seven maybe in the draft. You know what? what you, they're not going they, they, they're not gonna gonna to win four. They're not going to win five man. to six games. They're not going to win five or six games. At best, they'll win they four games. I mean, right, I and, and, and then you look, they're, they're four winless teams right now. Three mm-hmm. are looking for quarterbacks because the Panthers, we already know, have Bryce Young. You have to believe the Vikings are going to win about six or seven games. I mean, they're in close sure. games, too. They just need to learn how to hold on to the dang football. <laughs> they have nine turnovers in three weeks. That is terrible. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, I still do believe the Cardinals and probably the Bears will be the worst two teams in the NFL. And uh, if the Bears are, what? Oof. I mean, especially after having the number one pick and trading it away. Um, but I'm still really interested to see what Arizona does this year because of the fact that, you know, they got two first round picks. I mean, you could move on from, from uh, Kyler Murray, you could trade them or. Anything else? The possibilities are endless for Arizona, in my opinion. But they got to stop winning, man. <laughs> they got to stop winning. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's talk about the New York Jets for a moment because why they're on my TV and they're going to be on my TV on Sunday night or Monday night, and they've got too many primetime games. And poor Zach Wilson is just kind of floundering all over the field for us here. Um, poor Robert Sala is. In every press conference saying that Zach Wilson is the answer. Zach Wilson is the best quarterback that gives them a chance to win. Um, obviously, these are things that Robert Sala has to say, right? And uh, these are all things that the direction the Jets are going in because they went all in on Aaron Rodgers and uh, it blew up in their face after week one. Uh, Tyler, what do you think about the Jets quarterback situation? and their early reluctance outside of getting Trevor Simeon off waivers today. Um, what do you think about the QB situation and how it's going to unfold for the rest of the year, man? One, I wish we can get the Bills or Dolphins in prime time or maybe the Ravens or Browns in prime time. We really have to be forced to watch Zach Wilson throw for maybe 113 yards, two interceptions, be 10 for 31 throw. Like, we really have to see this again. We really had to see the Jets get beat down by the defending Super Bowl champions. I mean, who – and then who scheduled the Bears and Jets in back-to-back weeks for the Chiefs? My goodness, like, <laughs> just give them a bye. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, shout out to the Chiefs, uh, the schedule makers for the Chiefs, because the Chiefs are like, all right, we can rest Patrick Mahomes after halftime in this game, too. Travis Kelsey can probably go on a date with Taylor Swift in the third quarter and be be fine. And the Chiefs will still be fine and win that game. I mean, come on, man. (sighs) I don't know why. Like, Jets just signed Trevor Simeon. He'll probably be on the active roster. He's on the practice squad now. I don't understand why they don't give maybe Cam Newton a look, a tryout, uh, Carson Wentz a tryout, a, a look. I mean, I would take both of those quarterbacks over Zach Wilson and Trevor Simeon right now. And I think Cam Newton, or I mean, both of them 
give the Jets a decent shot of winning. Now, they're not world beaters anymore. Cam Noonan is not nowhere near where he was. Carson Wentz is probably a shell of himself. But still, they are still better than Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, I was looking at something some that a friend told me. He's comparable to the uh, the Raiders quarterback, Jamarcus Russell. He's con- He has comparable stats to Jamarcus Russell. And a lot of people say Jamarcus Russell is the biggest draft bust of all time. If you look at Zach Wilson's numbers, they're neck and neck with him. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, we might have a new biggest draft bust in NFL history if, it, if Zach Wilson continues on this trend. He has the worst pass rating in the NFL among uh, starting quarterbacks. It's just I feel sorry for the Jets defense. They have a top five level defense. That defense is ready to win right now. It's a playoff level defense. And if they have a comparable quarterback, they probably have a playoff level offense too. Garrett Wilson is a very good player. Brees Hall is a very good player. We know what Dalvin Cook can do, but they're being held hostage by their quarterback. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Look, Zach Wilson, obviously number two pick in 2021. The he was 18 of 36 for 157 yards, three sacks, a safety as well. Um, sure, he didn't have any turnovers, which is good, but he managed only <laughs> three points, three points and 61 yards on the Jets' first nine possessions in the game. 61 yards, you know how many punting that is? Like the punter probably punted for more yards than Zach Wilson probably threw for. And poor Zach Wilson has to hear. Joe Namath completely come and just flame him <laughs> on the Michael K show this week, you know, talking about he was awful. And he, you know, one of the plays in particular, Zach Wilson, the pocket just collapsed and he just took a seat on the ground, man. He just, he just went down on his own, no contact, nowhere near him. And it was just really, really uncomfortable to see. Um, for me, it's, it's uncomfortable to see Robert Sala in these press conferences. Um, but the fact of the matter is the Jets got this one all the way wrong, man. They were all the way wrong on their evaluation of Zach Wilson. They didn't ev- evaluate him properly coming out of BYU. Um, they bought into the hype. Um, and they went too all in with Aaron Rodgers because this is the bed that they've made. And they got to sit in it for the rest of the season. Um, you know, Cam Newton, sure. I, I don't like QBs coming back after. I don't like any player coming back after a really long layoff. Cam Newton was probably, what, two years out of football already. Um, Carson Wentz played last year, I believe. Um, but he's wearing every uniform that he has ever played for while practicing <laughs> to hope to stay in shape. Um, you know, we wrote a column to our colleague, Nate Davis, wrote a column, Kirk Cousins to the Jets. But lucky Kirk Cousins got a no trade clause. That ain't happening. I'm sure <laughs> he's not going to go there. And even when you mentioned Russell Wilson in Denver, I was like, man, could Russell Wilson go to the Jets? Could that be something? And the thing no about the Jets, the thing about the Jets too is, yeah, they don't got money. They're paying Aaron Rodgers, but I think deep down, the the, the Jets think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back next year and save them again. And I think that's just horrible, uh, you know, thought process as well by them. Um, they got the quarterback completely wrong when they drafted Zach Wilson. That's why they went to go get Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, but they need to be they need to be in the top of the draft for a quarterback. If I'm if I'm the Jets, they need to get this over with because. Robert Sala is going to be out of a job, man, and it sucks because he's got one of the best. He's one of the best defensive coaches in the league. They have a top five defense, like you said, on potential, but those guys are going to lose their faith in each other and and lose the will to play because they know ain't nothing on the other side going to get them points. And why do I have to keep playing hard if this guy is going to keep messing it up for us? It's just a really, really bad situation for the Jets overall, man. So let me ask you this question. I know you um, you said um, Cam Newton and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, I believe Carson Wentz and Cam Newton and hardly any practice and any reps with those receivers and not knowing the playbook give the Jets a better chance to win than Zach Wilson. Just on just knowledge and experience alone. Yeah, I, I, I give it to Carson Wentz. Cam, I, I can't see Cam. Cam Newton can't throw a pass further than like 10 yards. So we saw that with the Patriots. The shoulder's gone. That's why he's not playing no more. Um, 
I mean, I, I don't know what other quarterback you could have out there. Matt Ryan already said he don't want to come back. Uh, why would he? Uh, it's too late for Phillip Rivers. Tom Brady ain't coming back through that door. I'll, I'll give you another quarterback. Through that door. I'll give you another quarterback, and it's controversial, and he hadn't played in six years. Five, six years. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, he ain't coming Colin back Colin Kaepernick. Uh, he's not coming back, but he gives me a better chance to win right now than Zach Wilson. I'd rather have Colin Kaepernick. Uh, yeah, at least I, I, I at least he's a threat running the ball. Even if his arm, it, he's still rusty throwing. He gives me a yeah. chance. Read option with Colin Kaepernick. Tyler, me and you might give the Jets a better chance, man. It's bad. Man, the, it's way, bad the, way this, the way my left knee is set up, I don't know, but I got the arm <laughs> strength. <laughs> You're not the only one with left knee trouble out here, Tyler. Uh, Tyler, I wanted to talk to you about this, uh, going back to the Dolphins game real quick, the 70 points. I mean, you brought up the Broncos and the Cowboys, so we got to talking about the bad teams for sure. But um, the Dolphins had a chance to tie the NFL record um, for 73 points in the game. So 72 is the record in regular season. They would have broke the regular season mark, but 73 is the all-time mark from playoff game. Um, the Dolphins had a chance to kick a field goal late in the fourth quarter. Um, it would have been a 45-yarder, so the kicker would have been good for it. Um, but instead of trying to chase down the NFL record, they simply took a knee. I believe this was like a minute left or so in the game. They took a knee and turned the ball over back to the Broncos. Um, after the game, Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins coach, said, you know, obviously we're looking for some good karma here, trying to keep it classy. Uh, you know, we don't want to humiliate anybody else on the other side. Um, and he felt going for the record would kind of been a little bit against kind of what he's about. Um, you know, think just on principle, on principle, he didn't want to do it. Uh, but Tyler, I wanted to ask you with a chance to kick the field goal for an NFL record that could last for, you know, for a long, long time. Do you think the Dolphins made the right move by not going for the record? So I'll say this. I get, I get it. I understand why Mike McDaniels uh, decided not to kick a field goal. But me, you're asking me personally. I'm going to tell you a little story. When I play Madden sometimes and I'm beating <laughs> up and I'm beating an opponent bad and they're talking mess, if they were talking mess before the game or mess uh -huh. during the game and I end up blowing them out and I yeah. have the ball with the final minutes, I'm probably going to score another touchdown if they don't quit. I'm gonna score another touchdown just to just to stick it to them for talking mess. Mm -hmm. And just a what a month or two ago, Sean Payton told our friend Jerry Bell was yapping at the mouth, talking uh -huh. about the Broncos, talking about previous coaches, broke a coaching code. So I'm I'm gonna uh, put his name in the record books on the wrong side. I would have kicked the field goal. I would have wow. kicked the field goal. Seventy three points. <laughs> record and that yeah it, it stood since what 1966 yeah i'm 66. kicking that field goal I'm so that field i have i have a different perspective i i appreciate where your perspective is coming from obviously mike mcdaniel probably got no beef with sean payton um <laughs> i could understand mike mcdaniel probably would have some beef with denver because they didn't you know give him a job interview and um you know they went and hired two other guys and now he's living life in miami uh, so he probably came out on that end of the deal. He but, did. yeah, <laughs> do you think? <laughs> um, but I, for me, I also – I wish they would have kicked it, man. I, I don't care about the classiness, this, that, the other. The other team – like, you didn't humiliate the other team. The other team humiliated themselves, first of all, mm -hmm. right? Um, second of all, you may never, ever, ever get back to the point where you score 70 points ever again. Right. right. It's happened so many few times in the NFL. Um, you know, this was the third time in NFL history a team scored at least 70. So even though you just did it and you probably had the potential, to maybe do it again. Who knows? Uh, maybe if you play the Bears or you play the Broncos again. Sure. But, man, I go and etch my name in the record books and I have something that I can always say at the end of the day. I have an NFL record, you know, that will last X amount of time because it took what? nearly 60 years for it to for it to happen again. And for all we know, it could take another 60 years. For that standpoint, I wish they would have did it. Man, this is a first. We agree on the Miami Dolphins. 
wow, this is this is a podcast first. First I mean, and only. It took you some time, Tyler. It's taking you some time. But we'll see about <laughs> we'll see about how we agree in our next segment right now, Tyler. It's my favorite time of the week, and I know it is yours too. This is our week four NFL pick segment. Guys, we are doing good in the picks. Tyler is holding on strong, but I would say that we are coming off a bad week together, man. We are coming off a bad week together. Tyler and I were both two and three in the picks. I correctly picked the Bills and Chargers to win, while I incorrectly picked the Saints, Titans, and Rams. Tyler was right about the Bills and the Packers, uh, but he was wrong about the Titans, Vikings, and Rams. Uh, wait, 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 Tyler, wait, 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 wait. I was right about the Vikings. I picked the Vikings you, to lose. You picked you, the Vikings to lose. You picked the Vikings to win. I picked the Vikings to win. You're right. All right. All right. Yeah. We're gonna mess. Look, look. I, I gotta. I, I gotta do the table again. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we're wrong. Tyler, I think we might be tied up in these uh in these standings here. We might be eight and seven together, man. I think I'm beating you, Sabit, by one. By one. All right. Cool. I'll figure <laughs> out the math. You guys can check in next week. I don't want to admit that I'm losing to Tyler. So let's just get into the picks this week. Tyler, let's get into the dog days of the NFL with the Broncos <laughs> visiting the Bears. Obviously, oh, we spoke man. a lot at length about how bad the Broncos have done. We didn't give the Bears any love. And this is a team that the D.C. resigned. Um, they just got some stuff stolen from their stadium. Uh, they didn't steal the offensive playbook. That would have been helpful for the Bears, actually. <laughs> um, Justin Fields is calling out the coach, and then he has to go hug his coach the next day in practice. So everybody is not not too concerned about Chicago going in. But, Tyler, we got two 0-3 teams, and it feels like two disasters uh, in Denver and Chicago. Who you got in this game, Tyler? Who's going to win the this first game. game of the season? <laughs> This game is must-watch for comedic purposes only. Uh, it will be the great, the greatest Sunday comedy show uh, maybe in NFL history. The Bears had one of the worst weeks in NFL history, and somehow they did, losing 41-10 to 10 wasn't even the worst loss <laughs> of the weekend because that resided with the Denver Broncos. <laughs> I mean, man, it, how can you pick this game? Maybe it's going to be a tie. Um I'm going to pick the Broncos only because I guess I have a I, I've seen Sean Payton and Russell Wilson be successful before. I think the Denver Broncos have a a, a okay defense, uh, but evidence on the field tells me otherwise. However, the Bears are a mess, so I mean I'm going to pick the Broncos, but I, I really have no faith in either team. <laughs> when have you seen Sean Payton and and, and uh, Russell Wilson have any success before? Uh, I saw Sean Week Payton two? have success in uh, New Orleans way back oh, when. That, oh, that, that's how long ago. I'm, I'm, yeah, separately. I'm going separately, far back. Separately. Got it. Yeah, that's how much I have to reach to find a winner <laughs> in this game. <laughs> I agree with that one. Look, I'm going to go with you on this one too. I, I think Denver's got to win. I think Denver's probably in better shape. Uh, than Chicago. I don't know by how much. Um, but my overlying point in picking the Broncos here is this one is that you just lost by 50 points. You better go out and beat somebody and, right. and show that you care. Um, and we'll see how Denver performs in this one because it will be very, very telling if they lose to Chicago. Uh, Tyler, week, uh, week four, obviously, Ravens at Browns, big AFC North matchup. Um, obviously, we both know, and if you're a longtime It's a Football po Podcast listener, the AFC North is Tyler's favorite division. <laughs> Tyler, the Baltimore Ravens are visiting the Cleveland Browns. are both 2-1. and one. The Ravens are coming off a loss, a loss to the Indianapolis Colts last week, while the Browns are coming off another win. I was not expecting them to beat the Titans, but they won convincingly 27-3. Who you got in this one? Ravens at Browns. So Lamar Jackson said he was ticked off after losing to the Colts, and as they should be, he should be as well. Uh, I think they bounced back this week. 
honestly, this is uh, one of my favorite games of the weekend outside of Miami and Bills, which we'll talk about soon. But I I have the Ravens bouncing back. I think they're going to end up winning the AFC North, and Lamar Jackson is going to be an MVP candidate. So I have him winning. I'm going to go with you on Baltimore as well. I know you and I don't like to agree because we like to stir it up a little bit here. Um, I was surprised by the Browns win. I thought they did really well without Nick Chubb in their first game. Um, but I don't know how long that's going to last, man. You're asking me which quarterback is better in, in this one, and I'm obviously going to take Lamar Jackson over Deshaun Watson because Lamar's played more, he looks better, and uh, I think Deshaun still has a lot more work to do. Uh, let's go over to the NFC East, Tyler. We got the Washington Commanders 2-1 and one after their loss to the Bills on Sunday, uh, visiting the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 3-0 and after their 25-11 to win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tyler, I fear that we will both land on the same spectrum again on this game, but I'm going to take Philly. I don't think Philly really missed a beat without their coordinators, uh, both of those guys missing. Uh, Jonathan Gannon in Arizona and Shane, how do I say Shane's name? Shane Steichen with the the Colts. Um, You still got everything all on the table for you from a player standpoint, and I really like how uh, DeAndre Swift has kind of filtered himself in with Philadelphia. So I'm going with Philly in this one. Uh, the commanders are going to go two and two for me. Shout out to DeAndre Swift. He's on my fantasy team. I'm looking like a, a, a real good drafter <laughs> by drafting him at the running back position. Uh, the commanders, they had uh, came back to reality last week when they got mm-hmm. drum rolled by the Buffalo Bills. Um, that 2-0 start was impressive. I like what Eric Bieniemy is doing to that offense, but they're going to have another dose of reality uh, this weekend when they play the defending NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly in this one. Tyler, we're going to a real interesting game uh, next. Um, and it's a, a week full of interesting games for sure. But we got the Raiders – who uh, just lost in a really kind of quirky fashion last week, right? With Josh McDaniels trying to explain to us why he kicked the field goal instead of going for a touchdown. One series after they scored eight points when they needed another eight points to score. Anyways, the Raiders lost to the Steelers 23-18 to at home, and Josh McDaniels was looking like really, really incompetent <laughs> in that post-game press conference. Um, but we got the Raiders going to visit the Chargers, who are one and two, coming off their first one of the season at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Tyler, you're wearing the baby blue. I know the Chargers are your squad. You're the resident LA LA dude in our in our in our podcast. Who you got in this one? Raiders or Chargers? Well, it should come as no surprise as I'll be at this game, uh, along with a plethora of Raiders fans, because SoFi Stadium is going to be filled. With Raiders yep. fans, Raiders still run LA, um, but I think all those fans they're gonna go home sad because the Chargers are gonna improve to 500 this week. Justin Herbert is quietly having a good season, even though the Chargers are one and two. That defense needs to play a whole lot better. Brandon Staley is a defensive-minded head coach, and that defense looks like one of the worst in the NFL. So him and that unit need to step it up. I think they will, especially if the Raiders are without Jimmy Garoppolo, who was in concussion protocol, which means he might not be available on Sunday. Yeah, that's really the only thing that's taking me to pick the Chargers in this one. Um, The Raiders looked good for a a good portion of that Steelers game until they didn't. Um, And to me, this is just a battle of like two really bad coaches right now because Josh McDaniels was really bad in that fourth quarter uh, against the Steelers. And Brandon Staley has been really bad. Uh, not last week, but every other week before that for the past, like, five games, right? Um, the Chargers are a lot more put together here. Um, so I'm going to take L.A. in this one. Justin Herbert is having a good season, yes. Um, but the fourth quarters in the first two weeks uh, for him were glad that it didn't become a concern against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, he was able to put that game away. Uh, more than with with more than eight minutes left, and both teams kind of held serve in that game last week between the Chargers and the Vikings. I'm still going to take LA in this one against the Raiders. I do have to give a shout out to Devonte Adams though. He had like 40 points for my fantasy team. So. Yes, he did. Yes, he <laughs> Thank did. You. Thank you, Devonte. 
Thank you. Yes, he did. All right, Tyler, let's get to the game of the week. It's going to be our game of the week for sure. Um, the Miami Dolphins, 3-0, and the only 3-0 and team in the AFC going to face the 2-1 Buffalo Bills. Um, this is a huge matchup, man. Uh, Buffalo beat them three, uh, two times, but they played three times last year. Uh, the Dolphins won the first one in Miami in last September. Uh, the Dolphins lost twice in Buffalo, including their playoff loss where Tua Tagovailoa was not playing. But it's a new look Dolphin. Well, same look, but a, a Dolphins team that just coming off a seventy-point beatdown, and a Bills team that seems to figure it out after their Week One loss to the Jets. Uh, Tyler, who you got in this one, man? I know where you're going. I definitely know where you're going. And since We've had the same picks. I am definitely going to pick the Buffalo Bills in this one. Mm. The Buffalo Bills, I mean, they pretty much had the Dolphins number in recent years. What they've won nine in the last 10 games, including the playoffs versus Miami. This game is it's in Buffalo. The Bills are tired of hearing about how the division is going to be the Dolphins to be had. Or prior to this season with Aaron Rodgers, everybody was talking about the Jets. The Bills are like, yo, what about us? I think the Bills are motivated to win this game. Let's go Josh Allen. Let's go Stephon Diggs. I got them. Uh, I want to tell you something, Tyler. The, the Bills are going to get boat raced in Buffalo at home. All right? They, they're, they're not stopping this Dolphins offense. Now, granted, the Bills have a very explosive offense, too. Um, they put up more than 30 points the last two games, 38 against the Raiders, 37 against Washington. The Dolphins' defense is still kind of the biggest weakness for me right now. Um, they're going to be in week four of Vic Vangio's scheme. They haven't got it all the way together yet. They got really lucky. The Broncos had some penalties and took some touchdowns off the board um, before turning it up in the end there. But the Dolphins on offense, uh, they're, they're just looking too good, man. Mike McDaniel has one of the best games in the NFL uh, early coach of the year candidate, just like Tua Tagovailoa, is an MVP candidate, Tyler Dragon. Uh, I'm taking the Dolphins in this one. I think the Dolphins have Buffalo's number this year. Surprise, surprise. Stop surprise, surprise. Well, you got to. I mean, I can't walk into that locker room this week before the game and tell them I picked Buffalo. You know that's not going to work for me. You can't. Uh, that's why you picked the Chargers too, right? Uh, no, I'm going to walk in the locker room several times this year and pick against them. I'm just going to tell them. <laughs> prove, prove me wrong. <laughs> prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Well, the Dolphins proving you wrong a lot this year, Tyler. All hey, right. I, I pick I pick against the Rams. However, I, if I pick against the Rams, I will not walk close to Aaron Donald in the locker room. That's, that's something that will not happen. Yeah, <laughs> I do not blame you one bit, Tyler. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. We are so happy to have you tune in with us if you haven't already download the usa today sports plus app wherever you get your favorite apps on your phone it's the best way to get your favorite news and updates on all your favorite teams from usa today thanks for listening and we'll be back with you guys for another episode next week